Welcome back to the Ancient Health Podcast, where we educate you on real health solutions that will help transform the way you live, feel, and overcome disease naturally. I'm your host, Courtney Versage, along with Dr. Josh Axe and Dr. Chris Motley. We're so happy you've joined us. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back. I am so glad you are here for today's mini episode. And I have to say, I've been really looking forward to recording this one because it's on my favorite subject matter, which is the beloved coffee enema. And if you are already reeling just a little bit inside and thinking this is not a conversation I'm wasting any of my time on, I beg you to give me 20 minutes because I think that what you might learn can actually set you free and get you to overcome a lot of feelings of fatigue and poor sleep, poor recovery, maybe brain fog. I'm telling you, give the coffee enema a chance. Don't poo-poo it just yet. No pun intended. <laughs> so, all right, we're going to talk about everything from what the coffee enema is actually doing in your body, because many of us just think coffee enemas, okay, that's just going to be like coffee up your butt and then you're pooping your brains out. And that's really not it. There's a lot more that's happening in your body by way of detoxification that involves more than just your butt and a lot of poop. Okay. So we're talking about the liver and the liver is your primary organ of detoxification. In fact, I feel like the liver really doesn't get all that much love. And to be honest, the way that our world is and the toxins that we're exposed to just in our environment and in our food, we should be putting a huge emphasis on the health of our liver. In fact, we're even seeing people with non-alcoholic fatty liver and they're not living an unhealthy lifestyle. So what's going on here? Why is our liver so congested while it's struggling so much? And the answer really lies in this compounding effect of multiple exposures, things from our food, in our environment, things we're putting on our bodies, we're breathing in, everything goes into our bodies and our liver is responsible for doing something with all those toxins. So what's one way we can super charge our liver and just give it an extra punch of support so that it can do what it's already designed to do? And here we are talking about coffee enemas. This is the winner. Today, I want to give you what it's like to do an enema in your own home. Because a lot of times we talk about some of these practices, but we don't really know enough details to execute it on our own. And what I want to do is walk you through step-by-step step so that you know exactly how to prepare, set up, do the enema, and then also kind of a post-enema recovery, um, it kind of just to support your body by way of binding and remineralizing. So this does not have to be overcomplicated. Don't be afraid that you're going to do this wrong. I feel like coffee enemas in a lot of ways are kind of like using essential oils. Like there's a million different ways to skin the cat. I'm going to give you a couple of different variations that I feel like are a good stepping stone, like a first kind of like step one. And then there's so many different ways that you can branch off and, and tailor these to meet your specific needs. So what exactly is a coffee enema? So coffee enema has a very specific purpose, and that's for lowering serum toxins. And it does this by taking up caffeine and palmitic uh, components of coffee, and it actually dilates the liver. So it's sending it through the hemorrhoidal vein. So you're inserting this you know, little tiny insertion tube just an inch or two into your colon, right? It's not going up far, but the caffeine is actually making its way up a major primary vein, like a highway up to your liver. And it tells the liver, whoa, we're going to dilate all these capillaries. We're going to stimulate the bile ducts to open up and the liver is going to push, going to create bile. It's going to push that bile out of the gallbladder through these bile ducts. And what happens is there's a lot of sludge. There's a lot of toxins, biofilm, parasites, 
that can all be built up over time. A lot of times we don't think about that. We think about parasites as only being in the intestines or in the stomach. You can actually have liver flukes. You can have all kinds of viruses, different types of yeast and fungal overgrowths, all that get trapped up in these ducts that block essentially of you producing bile. And this can actually go as far upstream as what we see as stomach acid being low. So a lot of things kind of come into play when we talk about the health of the liver and what, what the enema is essentially doing is stimulating the liver. It's just supercharging it so that it can actually push out a, a, a large amount of bile and open up those bile ducts to pump toxins out. And then the toxins are carried out in the bowel, right? And so we're going to stimulate that as well. So that is the intention and the purpose because one of the other byproducts of doing a coffee enema is that you are stimulated to produce more glutathione, which is your body's master antioxidant. And these antioxidants flood the body through the bloodstream. It actually, the studies have shown that it increases it up to 600%. Surge of antioxidants, right? They go all through your bloodstream because your liver is actually filtering your blood every few minutes. And when you do a coffee enema, you're generally holding it for 10, 15 minutes is a, a really good time, which means that all that caffeine and all that extra glutathione, guess what? It's getting circulated in your blood. So you're, this isn't just staying right in your gut or in your liver. This is going everywhere in your body. You're able to capitalize on this increase in glutathione to scavenge these free radicals and reactive oxygen species, because that's what creates disease cells. That's what creates a lot of problems in the body, additional toxicity and unhealthy cells. And the immune system, a lot of times can get confused in all of this with all this extra inflammation in the body. And the immune system doesn't know what it's targeting anymore. So then these unhealthy cells start to um, regenerate, and then they start regenerating into tumors and disease and cancer and all of these things downstream that we're so afraid of, right? So I'm not saying a, a coffee enema is going to be the silver bullet and solve all of your problems, but you can see that it can pack a major punch when it comes to your health. So now that we kind of understand a little bit of the mechanism of action and that this is more than just a stimulation of your bowels, um, that can happen too. And that's actually really good for a lot of people that are super toxic. They are generally very constipated, right? Your body can't build enough energy. Your metabolism has now slowed down. So you're bowel motility is then affected and it's also slower. So that's just adding insult to injury when it comes to people feeling terrible. And then all this inflammation, it affects your microbiome, it affects your brain. Like guys, it just goes around and around and around. So the coffee enema can be an exceptional practice to help your body. And if you are in a place where you feel like, hey, I've got you know, some mood disorders, or I feel like I can't ever get rid of these parasites. And I feel like I've got sore joints or I'm puffy or I'm inflamed. These are all signs and signals that there is an overloaded burden on your liver. Almost, it always comes back to liver support. Anybody I've ever worked with, I feel like that is always step one is drainage and liver support, liver gallbladder. So the coffee enema, incredible practice. Now let's break down what it looks like to make a coffee enema, because hopefully at this point you're sold on the fact that it does have benefits for you. So if you're going to make an enema at home, here is the setup. And like I said, don't be afraid of all the different nuances and pieces that can go into this. Like keep it super simple. For most people, I even think doing a water enema first is highly beneficial for you because many of us are actually very dehydrated. And if you take in this water enema, you might realize that you don't actually release a lot of water. That will tell you that you are dehydrated. You will take in all of this water and guess what? It doesn't come out. Because why? Your colon is dehydrated. Your body is soaking that up. 
Step number one is make sure you're using distilled water. Do not use tap water. Listen, we are trying to help your liver. We do not want to flood it with uh, chloramines and volatile organic compounds and fluoride, all of these different things, right? Like we need pure water. Distilled is the best. So you can buy distilled water if you don't have a home water distiller. Most people don't, but make sure that you're using a very pure distilled water. Okay. So get an enema bucket. The only tools you really need to do this right is an enema bucket with a hose. You can have a little nozzle and a clamp on there. You're going to need to buy really good quality coffee. Okay. <laughs> In our house, we have our drinking coffee, and then we have our coffee, butt coffee, <laughs> our enema, butt coffee. There we go. So these are the things that, you know, you find in your everyday household, right? In the bathroom, there's just all kinds of things you never thought you would see. So you need a very high quality organic coffee. And I generally like to buy something that I know is tested for mycotoxins because coffee is highly susceptible to mold. So there's a couple companies, um, Keon is a good one. Pure Life Enemas has a great setup of buckets and kits and things like that. So if you're like confused about where to go, we'll drop some of these um, brands in the show notes for you. Uh, Purity Coffee is another one that sells a really good high quality coffee. I like to buy the beans and then grind them fresh myself. But you can also, if you don't have a coffee grinder, like I said, just get in the practice and habit of doing it. So if this is overwhelming to buy too many different things, just get the coffee enema with the hose and the nozzle and everything, and then get a good coffee. And then what you'll either need a very fine strainer or you'll need like a French press or a percolator or something, because what you're going to want to do is boil the coffee grounds and then for about four to five minutes, and then you'll shut it off. Obviously you're going to want to let this cool guys, please do not put hot water, hot coffee up your butt. I don't think people DMing me telling me like the horror stories of how that all turned out. But, you know, just imagine if it's piping hot, you're not going to want to put that up your butt. So here's the deal. I like to let it cool for a few hours. I have made it in a large batch, put it in the refrigerator. I will tell you from experience, cold coffee enemas, that they are much harder to retain um, because they feel very cold going in and it can be a little bit of a jolt, meaning that you are going to feel like you need to go release that enema within about 90 seconds of taking it in. If it's room temperature, or even just a little bit warmer, you'll actually be much better off in being able to retain it, especially if this is new for you, because retaining the enema can be really, really hard right off the bat. So distilled water, really high quality coffee, you're going to need your bucket. So you're going to go ahead and prepare three tablespoons of coffee grounds to 32 ounces of water. Okay. That's going to be kind of your recipe at first. If you need to go a little bit lower in terms of water, that's fine too. But my recommendation is when you get started is to do a water enema first, not only for hydration, but really to clear out. If you're somebody that maybe is more prone to being constipated, you are going to want to have a bowel movement before you do this. Otherwise, it will be painstakingly difficult for you to hold that enema. So now you've got your coffee, get it in your enema bucket. A lot of times you can do a stainless steel bucket. There are glass ones as well. Glass is what I personally use, but I also have a stainless steel bucket. And then you can use a silicone bag. Those are, um, I find really great to travel with. I don't like them every day in my house because I find them more difficult to clean. And you do want to clean. You want to clean the hose. And I have like this like long pipe thing and you just stuff it all the way down there. And it kind of, and I put like a coconut oil-based um, cleaning soap that really helps get anything that sticks in there. Because a lot of times the coffee will stick. So that's some little cleaning tips for you, but make sure you have your coffee enema prepped ahead of time so that you're not having to worry about it 
if you are making it and you're like, I didn't prep it, then what you can do is actually cut the amount of water that you um, have in there and then add just a fresh cup of room temperature water. So if you've made your enema, it's piping hot instead of 32 ounces, cut that in half, maybe use 12 to 16 ounces of water to cook the coffee in and then add the additional water in after to help cool it off a little bit quicker. Or, you know, I've had a few friends that have, you know, put it in the refrigerator or even in their freezer for a few minutes just to kind of speed up that cooling process. So those are just some little pro tips for you, but let's go ahead and take it into the bathroom now where you're actually going to be doing your enema. I don't know if anyone does it outside of their bathroom. Some people do it in their shower or their bathtub. I actually do ours uh, on our closet floor because there's a rug and it's a lot more comfortable and it's right next to uh, like around the corners, the sink. So here's the thing that I don't need to get into the details of the visual of what that is, but I already kind of started. So I'm mentally walking you through step-by-step what I do. You've got your coffee enema bucket in hand. So now what you're going to notice is that the tube is obviously does not have any coffee in it. It's full of air. So you've got to release that air before you insert the tip. You don't want to be taking it. It's going to be really hard to get all that air pumped into you. You'll notice it's just extremely uncomfortable. So you're going to release the clamp, make sure the tip is over like a sink. Okay. I've done this and had coffee like spraying everywhere. And it's it's happened multiple times. I, you would have think that I would have learned my lesson the first time, but I have made a number of messes um, and it may happen, but you will not be the only one that this happens to. So you're going to release the clamp and actually hold the bucket up and then hold the hose down a little bit. And you'll notice that the air starts to, to release out the tip and then the coffee will start to fill up the hose. So just kind of play around with that until you get the coffee all the way to the tip, then press the clamp down. Now you're going to want to keep a little bit of coconut oil in your bathroom so that you can kind of lube up the tip so it goes in really easily. Do not put this thing in like six inches. Even if that tip is, and it's going to be probably four inches long, you really only need to go about an inch or two into your rectum. Okay. You don't need to go any further. And then the best thing is to lay on your right side. You're going to want to have the bucket elevated. Many of them will actually have a hook where you can hang it on the back of a bathroom door. And so you can hang it there. Don't release the clamp until you're all comfortable. Otherwise, you're going to be like mid-moving around and then that coffee is going to start flowing. And then you may actually accidentally rip the tube out. And then again, there's you know a spray show everywhere of coffee. So get yourself comfortable, elevate the bucket. Gravity is going to help work that coffee into the tube and into you. So that's how that mechanism works there. So lay on your right side. This is the best side to do. If if you're more comfortable on your left, that's fine. But the right side is actually going to allow the coffee to um, hit the vein and get to the liver a little bit easier. If you're laying on your right side, kind of pull your knees into your chest a little bit, kind of find that that's a little bit more comfortable. And it really shouldn't take that long for you to take the enema in. So one thing that you can do that I think, especially if this is your first time is again, to do a water enema first. So before you do the coffee, do the water, hold it in and then release. Like even if it's just for a few minutes, it's going to help your body be able to take in the coffee enema and hold it a little bit longer. So do the water enema first, even if it's just a cup or two, then do the coffee enema. Use the little clamp on the hose to control the flow of the coffee. So if you realize, hey, I feel like this is flooding into me really, really fast and I'm starting to feel really uncomfortable, then clamp clamp the hose down. And then give yourself a minute or two, focus on your breathing, and then you can start to release it again. You can even do half of your coffee enema. Maybe you can only hold it for a few minutes 
and then release and then do the other half. I've done that as well. So again, there's a lot of variability here. The goal is just for you to get comfortable with your body in the process of using the coffee enema bucket and and the whole setup. So once you've laid, you're laying down, you've taken in the enema, um, you can take out the insertion tube is what I normally do. And then I like to lay on my back with my feet up on the wall. And this also helps with lymphatics and lymphatic flow. I also find that it's just more comfortable to lay on my back than on my side. And I can hold the enema in without it being painful at all. You may notice that your liver might make some groans and noises. You may just hear some funky stuff going on. And that's totally normal. In fact, Your liver, like I said before, is filtering your blood every few minutes. So imagine if you lay on your back or you lay on your side and you've taken in this coffee enema and it's in there for 15 minutes, that means all of your blood is picking up all of these extra antioxidants and filtering things out. So a lot can happen in a short period of time when it comes to antioxidant status in your body and detoxification. That's really what we're going for with the enema. All right. So you have done your coffee enema. You're now fully relaxed. Here's where I think you can actually have it stack. And I really like doing this because I find that if you can make this an enjoyable practice, you'll more likely stick with it. And that's really the goal because we don't want to get in a position where we hate doing these things. I actually enjoy the coffee enema. After I got over the learning curve, which kind of was a little cumbersome there in the beginning because I was having to think through so much of it. Now it's so second nature and I just prep it in the morning. Ideally, you want to do the coffee enema in the morning. Um, That is a question we get a lot is, hey, when should I do it? How frequently should I do it? So I'll go ahead and address that. I personally can't ever seem to do them until at night because mornings are so busy and there's kids and there's just a lot going on. Even on weekends, it can be difficult in the morning. So I like to find, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon before dinner. I generally don't like to do them with a full stomach. So if I wait until right after dinner, I'm like, "Mm, this is not that comfortable for me. If you can do them in the morning, I think that's the ideal time to do it. If you cannot do them and you're like me and maybe mornings are just way too chaotic, try to find a time maybe in the early evening uh, that you can do it even before dinner or you can do it before bed. But if you are sensitive, very sensitive to caffeine, then you may notice you have a lot of mental clarity and you feel kind of energized. And so it might be more difficult for you to go to bed. I don't have any problems with that. And I do have a pretty sense, I'm more sensitive to caffeine. I do a lot of mushroom-based coffees and adaptogens in the morning when I drink coffee. So I'm not jittery at all. I don't have this type of feeling like uh, I'm shaky or hot or, you know, feel like my skin is on fire, you know, if you, if you really like were to have like a massive coffee and never had coffee before. But there is a lot of mental clarity and I kind of feel like, oh, I don't really want to go to bed. I want to go do something. I want to go work for a little bit. I want to read a book. So Um, If that is you, then you may want to stick to doing the coffee enema early in the day. Coffee, drinking coffee is different than doing coffee enema though. Because when you drink coffee, it goes through your digestive system. This is bypassing digestion, but it does go straight to your liver. And it does go to all this caffeine stimulates your liver, stimulates the release of antioxidants. And all of that can begin to wake somebody up and you can be more alert, more aware and more energized. So the goal is to produce more energy, right? So we want you to have energy, but sometimes that might not be favorable for you if you're doing it late in the evening. Now, frequency of coffee enemas is another question that's really popular. And I think it is really important to do enemas on a somewhat regular basis. I find that stacking them a little bit initially in the beginning, like doing a loading period of a coffee enema, then maybe two days later doing another enema, two days later doing another enema can be really, really good in the beginning. Think about it. 
your body may be detoxing a lot of things, but you may have to go after it a couple different times, especially if there's a lot of buildup in the colon as well. There's a lot of biofilm and sludge and things like that. You're going to probably chip away. You'll get some of it out, but then you want to go back in because everything that's above it, that's compacted, that's sitting there with all kinds of viruses and mold and all these different things, right? We need to kind of continue to chip away and allow your body to really fully release and get everything out. So I think that doing several enemas, like three enemas in the first week is really beneficial. And then after that, you can do you know one a week or two a month, whatever you feel like suits you. I personally like to do one enema a week. And then around the full moon, I'll actually do an enema every night leading up, like three days leading up, I'll do an enema. So three back to back and then right up to the full moon. And for me, that's really helpful with parasites. So if you're somebody that's dealing with a lot of yeast overgrowth or pathogen infections, and you can't seem to clear them, this is massively helpful because a lot of times these parasites and flukes can get into your liver and gallbladder. And we don't even think about that a lot of times. Even um, the bladder can have a lot of different parasites that can get into the wall of the bladder. I even had those at one point in time. So it's really important to help your liver, your gallbladder, your kidneys, all of these elimination organs, especially around the full moon when all of these things are more active and more heightened. So that's another little tip for you. If that's something that you're working towards is lowering your pathogen load and and, uh, creating more balance in your flora and microbiome is to do these enemas around a full moon. Now, a couple of little variations that I feel like can be helpful. Now, don't get overwhelmed with these. These are just ideas. These are things that You'll find out there if you study or look up any type of article, but you can do different types of teas, herbal teas as enemas. You can do yogurt enemas, which, you know, that might sound really gross. It kind of sounds gross. It's not going to be like your flavored Chobani yogurt. It's going to be something that's like much more liquid or a probiotic type of enema. Um, But those can be really good at helping balance the flora in your gut, especially in your colon. So Um, those can also be something to do later on down the road. You can do water enemas with minerals. I find that to be really helpful. You can do enemas with turmeric. So there's a a number of different ways that you can incorporate variations of enemas. Don't get overwhelmed with it. I think sticking to coffee and water or water with minerals is really helpful. So let's shift gears really quick and talk about some things you can do pre and post enema to help support your body's natural detoxification. So we want to remineralize. Like I talked about, a lot of us are dehydrated. So one of the things I love to do to set the body up is make sure that you're really hydrated going into it. So it may mean that you make a water with some extra minerals. Um, I love to use things like elements that has sodium, potassium, magnesium, or you can just add a little pinch of sea salt to your water, your filtered water. And then taking even some binders because, right, we're detoxifying. We're starting to stimulate the release of things that are really um, in that intermediate place when they're being released from the areas that they're in. They're actually more toxic to the body. So we want to encapsulate and excrete them out of the body as fast as possible. And one way to do that is to kind of mop that up and soak it up with a binder. So if you don't have anything that access to anything like humic or fulvic acid, you can even use something like activated charcoal or bentonite clay. These are really uh, effective agents at kind of being that sponge to soak things up. So if you notice, ooh, I don't feel all that good after my enema, like kind of got a headache, you're just detoxing. Like that is a detox reaction. Take some binders with plenty of water to hydrate and help your body kind of move out any additional toxins that have been flushed out of the gallbladder and bile ducts. Now, another thing you can do if you really want to up the ante is do castor oil packs. And I love doing castor oil 
over the abdomen uh, while I'm doing a coffee enema. And this is where I said that habit stacking can really come into place. And, and you can use essential oils. You can use red light therapy. It's really fun to kind of create a setup that works for you, that really just gets your body in this parasympathetic, that allows you to just have a moment, right? Because we're just talking about probably 20 minutes, 20 minutes to just do some breath work, to allow your body to detox and not do anything else. We're always trying to do things while we're doing something else. There's always so many different things on our plate. So create a little bit of a practice and start habit stacking. I always just started with the enema and now I have my red light panel set up and then I use some essential oils. I really like balance. I like grounding blends. And so I'll take some deep breaths, work on some breath work, do a castor oil pack, right? That's really good for our liver. Also using that with some essential oils. Sometimes you can use one with clove oils, really great because that's got anti-parasitic compounds. So a number of different ways that you can kind of create a really fun practice. And let me tell you, if your kids ever walk in on you, They'll think you probably lost your mind, but I just say this is like my my safe place and this is this is a mom moment. So everybody leave me alone. It used to kind of freak them out. Now it's become so common though. They just walk in and they're like, hey mom, I'm hungry. Where can I get some? I need you to make me some food. I'm like, can't you see? I'm in the middle of my enema. So what can you expect from doing coffee enemas on a regular basis? Like I said, things like mood. I mean, if you're depressed or you're anxious, a lot of times that comes back to our gut. And what happens with the gut and the liver, they have a very close relationship, just like they do with the brain and so many other organs. But if your liver is backed up, it's going to create problems for your gut. And if your gut flora gets off, it's going to create more burden on the liver. And so there's this constant exchange of communication and a lot of inflammatory response that can come uh, as a result of leaky gut or toxic overload. So it's so important to find these tools. Okay. So I've got to share this because I thought this was so interesting. I've been doing, you know, just researching. I always like to look for new ways to you know, take things like the coffee enema to the next level. So there's this new AI thing online. It's called ChatGPT. And you may have heard of it, been familiar with it, but I thought I'm interested because the AI space is really kind of blowing up. And we all know if you Google search anything, it's just going to tell you, you know, you probably have cancer and you're dying and don't do a coffee enema and don't take any herbs. They're dangerous, dangerous. Stay away from them. So I thought I'm going to actually start to type in some different things about coffee enemas and see what this AI response looks like. Well, turns out it's very much what you would think, but this one response in the question being, how does a coffee enema support the liver? Right. Okay. So ChatGPT said, I must inform you, there is no scientific evidence to support the claim that coffee enemas support the liver. While some alternative medicine practitioners and proponents of coffee enemas suggest that they can aid in detoxification and support of the liver, there's no conclusive scientific evidence to support these claims. The theory behind the use of coffee enemas for liver support is that the caffeine and other compounds in the coffee are absorbed through the rectal mucosa and enter the liver through the portal vein, where they stimulate the production of bile and aid in the removal of toxins in the body. However, there's no reliable scientific evidence to support this theory and the risks associated with coffee enemas may outweigh any potential benefits. It's important to consult with a qualified healthcare professional, yada, yada, yada. I read and even say all this because here's the thing. This is why I even am bringing this up on the podcast and why I kind of wanted to walk you through how to do it because you may go online and be like, okay, I think I want to try this and I don't know how to do it. And you're going to pull up and just type in, you know, how to do a coffee enema. And this might be your response. You know, it's dangerous. You're going to burn your rectum and you know, do all of these different things and make yourself sick. And then people get scared and think like, oh, that's, that's not worth the risk. Here's the thing. So many natural remedies have a very big threshold and margin 
for error. You know, when it comes to prescription drugs, like you don't really have that type of margin. (laughs) Yet we're slinging those like they're candy all over town. Something like the coffee enema, which can be done very safely from home. I mean, I think the biggest thing, honestly, is making sure you're using filtered water, coffee beans that are not toxic. Like, don't just go buy Folgers. Like, you guys aren't buying Folgers anyway because you guys are way educated. So I'm just saying to cover my basis. And this is not medical advice. Nothing we ever say on here is medical advice. But what I'm telling you is that you should feel empowered to be able to do this and utilize it. And I know that it's a little strange, like it's a little off-putting maybe to think about putting coffee up your butt because I like to drink my coffee too. And I never thought I'd be a big proponent of putting coffee up my butt, but here I am. It is like my banner. I will sing it from the hilltops that everybody should do a coffee enema. Everybody except for, let me just go ahead and say this. If you're pregnant, if you're breastfeeding, if you're undergoing medical procedure or cancer treatment, like chemotherapy, something like that, If you don't have a gallbladder though, you can still do coffee enemas. We also get that question a lot. And I wouldn't force a child to do it. You know, if the child or, you know, minor is old enough to understand how to do one and you can maybe assist them in walking through how to set it up and everything. So if they're like a teenager, yeah, I think that that can be done. Would I have my eight-year-old do it? No, probably not. Because I think she would freak out and I don't want her to be traumatized. Like she doesn't need therapy at eight years old because mom forced a coffee enema on her. There are other ways that I can help support her detoxification. Plus, children are very fast metabolizers. So they can expel a lot. Like most of us are further down the road and our energy is so low. So our body just is not, our livers are not at the same level as, you know, an eight or 10 year old. So that's kind of a little uh, a side note too, if you're concerned about who should be doing them and who should not be doing them. I did them while I was breastfeeding, but, you know, I'll, I'll I also did a lot of things and, and it was very controlled and I did a lot of binders and I, I timed it right with breastfeeding and things like that. But generally speaking, you don't want to be pushing detox. Definitely not when you're pregnant and when you're breastfeeding, you got to be really careful with that just because you don't want a lot to be flooding your body with toxins and the toxins have nowhere to go, but they end up in your breast milk um, because now we're just passing that along to baby. So I want to wrap this up because I know I'm getting long-winded, but I hope that this gets you excited for coffee enemas. And you may see all kinds of things when you release, you know, you're going to release coffee. You may see liver flukes, parasites, biofilm. I mean, everything, even particles of food, right? But just know that in the practice of doing this, you're supporting detoxification and many symptoms, many conditions are all related to toxic burden on the body because we've never lived in a time where we're exposed to so many different things. And I think our bodies have just gotten so overwhelmed and they don't know what to do. And this augments a natural process. And there really shouldn't be any fear wrapped up in that. So take these notes, go to our show notes, send me a DM, go to the Health Institute, DM the Health Institute. If you've got questions, we want to be able to help you. Again, we're not telling you this is going to be the silver bullet to fix every problem. But I will tell you from personal experience, this has changed my life. I will never not do coffee enemas. I mean, I make it a weekly practice. I do one every Sunday. And then, like I said, around the full moon, I do them a couple days leading up to it. And I have never felt better. And I'm eight months postpartum and I feel great. Um, this has been probably the biggest outside of addressing other parasites and leaky gut. This has been the biggest game changer for me repairing a lot of broken pieces, thyroid health, liver health, gut health, brain health, all the above. Even my hormones were a wreck because I was so incredibly toxic. And a lot of it goes back to my breast implants, which I did on another episode, but here it is, guys. I hope this has served you. 
I hope that maybe it has taken a little bit of pressure off of the whole idea of doing a coffee enema. Maybe you feel like, okay, I can do it. And like I said, if you have questions, hit us up. I want to know all about your experience. I want to know how good you're feeling after doing them. And yeah, guys, thanks for joining me again on another small mini episode about my favorite topic. See you guys in the next one. Hey, Dr. Axe here. I want to say thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you're in search of more natural health content, you can follow us at Health Institute on Instagram or subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes below. Hey, thanks a lot and have a blessed week.